podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Man Podcast. Wee. Two Man Pod. Haven't done one of these for a while. It's Thursday afternoon. Uh, Palace drew one with Man United last night, and previous to that, lost Chelsea one nil. And this is a late week pod because it's a it's the start of the year, Jack. Jack Pierce. and um, everything's a bit up in the air, isn't it? Yes, Jim Daly. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> right. I, I realised I hadn't introduced you, but to be honest, this is one of those this is one of those ad hoc random in. little pods. Improv theatre. Who doesn't love improv? It's great. So. <laughs> yes, and right. <laughs> yes, um, you're, Jack, you're in a you're in a train station. You're in a train station, and um, you can't um, you can't grab um, a present. You need to get a present. Go. Okay. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I didn't volunteer. It doesn't really work on audio, to be honest. No. So. No. Sorry, listener. Um, That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the perils of uh, you know, kind of this time of the year when they're trying to fill fixtures in that before. Anyone has a chance to listen to this pod will be about to play Newcastle on Saturday. So, you know, hope, yeah. you, hope you've managed to find time, listener, and fit this one in as well. Exactly, so. which is why we're going to keep it short. And if you, if you haven't one. listened to this, it's, it's fine. We're going to drop in as well um, some audio from both post-match pods this week, which is from Stamford Bridge with me and Selzy, and then from Sellers with me and Rob last night. Uh, a bit more than normal, so I hope the patron's okay with that. But um, it gives you a little insight if you're a public listener or what do we call them, legacy fans, um, then, you know, this is the sort of thing you can get if you join the patron more regularly, which is at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash F-Y-P podcast. It's, it's kind of, Jack, it's kind of like a little teaser episode, this one. It's a bit of an omnibus, this one. It's a bit of a, kind of a it's like a Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, yeah. EastEnders. <laughs> I was going to go Hollyoaks, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. We'll, What's we'll Tony and... been doing in Hollyoaks? <laughs> Still winning. Then... Still winning. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, uh, 150. Still going. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I think I would estimate 8% of listeners know what we're talking about right now. So uh, let's move on. That's also been a theme on the both post-match pods this week, but people seem to, to like that. Let's talk about Chelsea really briefly. I'm going to come to United because it's always yes. fresher in their mind the second game. Uh, one nil defeat at Stamford Bridge. Havertz with the goal. For me, it followed the, uh, the sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? The pattern of most Palace games this season, which is had spells in the game. Mm. Uh, looked quite tidy at times. Didn't actually afford the other team that many chances, but sloppy from a set piece. Yeah, really crap soft goal to lose to. Um, that was the disappointment because actually I thought performance-wise at Stamford Bridge we we 
we showed everything that you'd want us to show. Endeavour, fight, um, which created chances. Kepper was man of the match. Um, made some really good saves, albeit shots from distance. But uh, yeah, real shame to lose to such a, a crap goal. Really, you know, one two from a from a corner that we don't really pick up, and then we lose a man in the six yard box, and and that was that. Really, I think we'd probably. I know we've played since, but I think we'd probably still be there and, and not score. We just didn't really look like getting past Kepper and kind of summed up by Edward having our last kick of the game when he was in the six-yard box and just let it kind of bamble out for a goal kick. He ushered it out more than anything. So, yeah, shame, but positives from that performance. Um, I, I thought uh, Torrey Mitchell probably had one of his best games in a long time, and then he continued that last night against yeah. United. Um, Decore was very good, but clearly doing the work of two men, which was kind of rectified last night by Will Hughes starting at the base with him. Um, so yeah, lessons for Vieira to learn and positively it looks as though he did. Um, so yeah, shame to come away with nothing from a performance that I think we, we warranted at least a point from. Um, so to fast forward, it's quite pleasing to pick up at least one point from two games that we've shown quite a bit in because, um, to, to come away with two decent performances against high caliber opposition, even if, you know, Chelsea aren't flying at the moment would have been disappointing. I think I think a point in either would have been a fair result. So obviously to get one point, as you say, is is just reward, certainly in the United game. I feel like as fans, we didn't really learn anything from the Chelsea game, but it's interesting that Vieira clearly did. And actually that quick turnaround into the United game is really quite positive. And we as fans actually I think got a lot more I said this in the post match pod, a lot more answers. Yeah. and questions in the United game and maybe the other way around in the, in the Chelsea game which was nice before we come on to United shall we drop in the post-match pod here from me Let's and, Chelsea, and Cassius uh, um, and, and Cassius as well with uh, some lovely music in the background <laughs> yeah so this is recorded at the Chelsea Harbour Hotel we tried to find the quietest corner turns out wasn't that quiet no. but um, good, sound like good, good sound system in there clearly you fancy it I would say for parties Barbits was probably very, very good. Um, but if you like listening to uh, post-match pods with Muzak in the background, this is the post-match episode for you. So this is me, Celsi, and Cassius uh, at the Chelsea Harbour Hotel. Other hotels are available, listeners, um, after Palace's 1-0 defeat at Stamford Bridge. I mean, I felt like the time they were in this in the game, but actually, with quite a few chances there. Kepper's had a really good game. I think been called man of the match. But watching the goal back, it's another sort of sloppy defensive error from a corner that's lost cost Palace what could have been a really precious point today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, five attempts on target for both teams. Um, I think Chelsea's XG was something like one point nine two, and ours was like point seven two. It might have been one point seven two, but I think you know it was our usual lack of cutting edge, unfortunately. That's um, that's cost us. That's the eighth game in 18 this season that we haven't scored a goal. And so um, that's nearly or half the games that we've failed to, to score a goal, which I think with the sort of abilities of the Elise's and the and the Zahars and the uh, Eze's probably is Edward I'd probably include in that. I mean, are you? I thought had a really decent game, but he's not prolific. Um, but uh, you know, the rest of the options are really are really thin. And I think when you're you know you're bringing on the likes of Jean-Philippe Mateta you are actually weakening your 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 front line somewhat and um 
you know, we, we, you know, we failed to really sort of, you know, make it stick again today. And as you say, at the other end, um, actually on the goal scored, you have to go back to West Ham week prior to the World Cup break for the last time we scored a goal in open play we've scored we've 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 um, not registered on the score sheet for the last five Premier League games and the only time we did at Bournemouth were two set plays from the corners I use header and his ace whip finish so it's quite concerning I, I must say in that respect I found the manager's choices and selections a little bit uh, strange again not not so much in terms of the personnel but I don't understand why Wilfred is being used in the way that he is. Your best ball carrier is playing with his back to goal all the time. And although obviously he can handle the ball in tight situations, I think, you know, listeners of this podcast will know that I've sort of championed the idea of Jordan Ayew doing that because you can almost sacrifice him for the team. But his hold-up play and his ability to secure the ball means that you can get Eze, you can get Elise and you can get Wilfred on the ball more often to make them all more effective and you know again today Wilfred up top are you on the right Elise number 10 um, and Eze on the left hand side I would suggest probably that none of those players are best suited to those roles. He soon swapped Ayu and Elise, you know, quite early in the game, but I, I still felt that, you know, Eze to the 10 and, and Ayu to the 9 and Wilfred would have been, on the left, would have been the best option, you know, or otherwise playing Wilfred on the right-hand side because the, um, the young kid at left-back... Lewis Hall got quite badly exposed at times when we were able to get at him and stuff like that and so it was a game I mean the manager was disappointed in his press conference he's I think he's feeling the pressure quite a lot he was quite snappy offering sort of one word answers to a few questions didn't take many questions um but we're back to the same old same old really and um don't feel like much is going to change at the moment or where to see where the next win's coming from right now I have to say you know I think we're going to be right in the relegation mix and there seems a lack of uh, interest or desire to reinforce the squad we're halfway through January you know we thought we were going to own Aaron Wambisaka that's not the case Conor Gallagher Perhaps the love affair's come to an end today. Roundly booed in the away end and uh, abused. Uh, and to be honest, he's... Uh, well, it was. I mean, he, he blatantly dived and tried to con a free kick and then rolled around on the floor. And when he's, yeah, con, conning Connor. And uh, again, I'm partly sort of... I guess the frustration for me is the amount that this bloke continues to be talked about in the sense that, you know, he did very well for us, but he's not a well-beater, this fellow, and I've said this to you before, that he should be replaceable. I I don't think he's going to cut it at Chelsea, and I think he'll be a peripheral player at best, but if they're not able to secure him, which I'm not sure how that's looking at the moment, I mean, there may be a chance, but... 
it shouldn't be that he's the only sort of attacking high energy midfield player in the world that that we can get. You know, if you're saying to me we had to replace Wilfred Zaha, I could understand that there aren't really many players of his ilk or type, you know, that would fit into a bracket where we could potentially do something. But I do think the Gallagher thing is slightly overplayed, and uh, it was interesting that. Um, his uh, his best mate was quite happy to uh, grab hold of him and berate him and pull him to his feet and uh, I don't know what's gone on there but uh, I'll be interested to see if they're exchanging Christmas cards come December but um, yeah it was it was disappointing because I think we really let's be right about it this isn't a great Chelsea team and this is our 12th defeat on the bounce to them and I would say to you that this is the worst Chelsea team we've come up against in that time so with the amount of injuries they've got and the problems they've got I think they've won one in nine games coming into this in all competitions a 2-0 win over Bournemouth snap um, then you know it's it was one that you kind of hope we might be able to turn the tide but then if you were Chelsea it's probably the fixture you're looking forward to because it seems to be your bank of three points every uh, twice a season so yeah very very disappointed you know I suppose you talking about a club that's parading players like the Ukrainian lad that was shown at half time and all that sort of stuff and you know how difficult it is and the money they're spending but actually they're a club very much in transition and I think there is a lot of panic there and they're throwing a lot of money at a lot of people and whether that um, brings success I guess only time will tell but I do think today was an opportunity missed to come here and take something from the game. Yeah, I do. I actually think we've we've beaten we've beaten better Chelsea teams Correct. actually in the last I ten agree. years or so, and it was a good time to play them. But it was probably a good time to play us as well. I should say thank you to Nobby, one of our patrons, who gave me his spare tickets today for the game, which was very helpful, so that I could get in to watch us lose again. Appreciate that, and also just um, it was your fault, Nobby. <laughs> It's probably my fault. Um, Apologise for the background music. Hopefully, it's not being picked up too much on the microphone. But we are. It's too cold to go outside, so yeah. we're inside. So a bit of lounge music in Chelsea Harbour. Yeah, I don't so think we've so- got soothing my mood after the defeat. I don't think we've got the copyright to play it, but we'll see anyway. Um, Cass, we watched the highlights, and it was actually a bit of a tale of two keepers today because Kepper's obviously made some actually some good saves from Mitchell, from Decore. Guaita's made some very good saves as well. Arguably, maybe couldn't do anything about the uh, about the goal itself. And I guess it was not last game out was Saints. Was Saints the last game? Yes. When obviously Guaita made a couple of howlers. So I guess it's nice for him to get back to sort of the form we expect from him. Yeah, but I think it's. I think he just he's very good and he's consistently one of our best players. And I think every single Premier League goalie messes up. And the fact that he's done it, the last one I can remember is Sheffield United. I don't know how many years ago that was, but I just think we were unlucky. But as Selzy said, we had no cutting edge. We didn't look like we were going to, you know, go and score. Yeah. There was that chance at the end where the ball falls to a 
Edgeward at the back post, and obviously Palace are having a bit of an onslaught. And actually, I was sat next to Streety, and he made a good point that actually, if you looked at the kind of the delay tactics that Chelsea were doing, Gallagher obviously being a, being a bit of a rat and doing his thing, and uh, Jorginho went down at one point. Actually, that's probably a bit of an indication of the pressure maybe Chelsea felt from Palace that Palace were forcing trying to force something at the end. Of course, as ever with Palace, it's always a little bit too late once the onslaught comes, and there's still no cutting edge, and the ball falls to Edward in the box, and he tries to take a sort of take a touch, and then maybe move it onto his left foot, and I think at that point, you need someone just to put their laces through it and leather it, and maybe if a chance sort of sums up Palace's lacking, lacking of cutting edge, it is that chance. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system. And at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto, I don't own NFTs, and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insights said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants or the array of outstanding dishes that will have you coming back again and again. But Executive Chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true. And there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business dot com.
There you go. I have to say, Jack, not Cassius's debut on the pod. Second appearance, I think. Very solid for, for a younger member of the squad. Yeah. Good to have depth in the squad. You know, you've got this academy that you're producing fine talents from. So, yeah, really, really good. And I hope to have Cassius back on again soon. A lot of listeners have been saying that we haven't produced quality from the academy since Travis Endicott. So I think it's good for us to prove that that, that investment is still paying off. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's the only way. Local lads coming through the system, all gals coming through the the academy. Um, yeah, I mean Grace Matheson's, you know, she she's young. She's embarrassed me many times on this podcast by how old I am. So uh, you've also yeah. done that yourself. So I don't think that, that's, that's, that's weekly, not exclusive to Grace. Weekly, weekly. That's a that's a different ob- omnibus altogether. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, very good and uh, yeah, good to get the reflection um, straight then. But you know. Pleasingly, after the defeat, we were able to move on quite quickly with the United game. Yeah, indeed. Let's come on to that United game because you and I were doing some filming for a, for a new project I'm working on before the game and and, and uh, pod legend Joe Walker was also there. And then after I filmed with Joe, he said, have you seen the team? I said, I, said, I hadn't because I've been sort of busy working. Um, but I would say that's probably the most raised eyebrows from a Vieira team maybe so far as manager, in, certainly in terms of Hughes and Richard starting it's almost like he's been on Twitter and he's looked at what the fans, because that's exactly what the fans asked for. So what were your reactions when the teams came out? I think instinctively it was that that's probably the most changes he's made from one league game to the next. Um, other than maybe the first game, Chelsea last season, when we had a lot of players unavailable um, to the next one. But I think four changes, I think off the top of my head, um, Eduardo and Mateta both coming in from the start yeah. as well, which you know, it's a bit of a drastic change from having neither against Chelsea. So it was surprised. I think uh, may have been a bit of a point in the direction of the board to say, I'm going to play everyone that I can possibly play a point to the fans to say, okay, well, let's try a different way. Um, or maybe neither of those. And he's just a man who knows his own mind and uh, more most likely um, wanted to kind of rotate because three games in six days against, you know, high quality opposition. Yeah. Is, is difficult, but was really pleased to see Hughes in. I felt Hughes a um, bit of a raw deal recently, you know, coming on when we're 4-0 down against Spurs, getting a start against Southampton, then, you know, taking out the team immediately. So pleased to see him get a start. Delighted to see Chris Richards get a start. You know, there's almost been judgment upon Chris, Ruch- uh, Chris Richards' Chris Richards' ability in spite of us barely seeing him play. So yeah. really pleased to see him play because I think there were a lot of raised eyebrows when... Tompkins came on for for Joa against Chelsea. I don't think many, including myself, thought we'd see James Tompkins as, as soon again after the Fulham game as we did. So for Richards to not get the call from the bench in that game um, surprised many. And I think many, many people were starting to think what was going on there. So great to see him get a chance. And both Hughes and uh, uh, Richards really delivered last night. Edward and, and Mateta, still question marks about that part of the pitch for me. Yeah. Um, I know Mateta you know, fights and, and does everything he can. But in terms of goal threat, there wasn't really anything there. Um, and Edward forced a wonderful save from, from De Gea and, and showed some nice touches, but really kind of dropped as the game went on and, and the sub for IU was a no-brainer by that point. So um, not more. still maybe some questions in that part of the pitch and maybe that's a part of the squad that the Vieira and, and the recruitment lot we'll, we'll still be looking at but in terms of Will Hughes and Chris Richards I don't really think they could have done any more in terms of their performance last night um Hughes settled immediately and I know he gets around and we love it when he gets into tackles and he's he's ferocious but actually the guy technically is that really good 
Really good show, some lovely touches, lovely weight of pass, and he looks to push forward um, and, and drive forward and, and and move the ball on to, to more attacking players. So he played really well. Richards maybe took 10, 15 minutes to settle in, um, and I didn't think he looked completely comfortable until he chased down Anthony, and and, yeah. and that was a fantastic moment, and, and he had the whole crowd, the whole ground was going for him at that point, and that must have you know let him settle. And from that moment on, I, I thought he was, he was great. I think one uh, slightly array pass, uh, array pass, array pass? Who's Ray Pass? Ray Pass. <laughs> uh, 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 incorrect part, I don't know. Error, an <laughs> yeah. error. One, one error. One, awry. One misplaced, awry. Misplaced pass. Okay. One misplaced pass aside, I thought he was um, he was excellent and will probably allay a lot of Palace fans' fears in terms of what the next month without Joa looks like if, if Richards can, yeah. can maintain such levels. So delighted for both of them. I thought the subs were good. I thought Schlupp coming on for Decore instead of Hughes was, was interesting. It kind of proved the point that a lot of Palace fans do feel Schlupp is more impactful when coming on from the bench rather than starting. Won the free kick. Won the free kick, driving on, which is you know yeah. what he does so well. Um, yeah. So delighted for him. Jordan Ayew, Hassled and Hurry, defenders. Um, so that worked. Um, yeah, pleased with pleased with the subs. So yeah, good night all round, and and kind of capped off by a fantastic goal. I mean, I, yeah. I can't actually think of a better set piece goal that I've seen live at Selhurst. Um, maybe one for listeners to, to chip in. Um, the Andre Meritz double against Wolves. Yeah, but they were, were almost good. further out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. I mean, to hit two in one game is. It's but in terms of occasion, in terms of the occasion, yeah, against the no. goalkeeper of that that quality, yeah. um, you know, to kiss the underside of the bar and, and drop in in the ninetieth minute, yeah, maybe the mo- I don't know, he's probably right up there for for me, and yeah, his cold celebration, it was just a great moment. I mean, I didn't realize how close we came to dropping that point after that goal, the the Casemiro chance, yeah. um, which brushes off his thigh was agonizingly close for them, um, but yeah, good good night and a good night for Vieira, really good night for Vieira. Yeah. I've just Googled actually. Um, Ray Pass was the linchpin of Bill Nicholson's 1960s Spurs title winning team, actually. So there you are. I thought I recognised the name. Um, Cl- roommates um, with uh, Bill Fail, I believe. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought you're absolutely right about uh, Richards and, um, and Hughes. They both had moments in the game where they settled, and for Hughes, it was about 30 seconds in, that crunching tackle on Ericsson, I think it was. Or yeah. One of the midfielders. And then for Richards, it was that moment with, with, with Anthony. Um, and they both sort of settled from there. And we've had a couple of questions actually about, well, first of all, Stephen Goldring says, can we skip the Chelsea Thanks, review Stephen. and go straight on to the United game? Sorry, Stephen. Sorry, Stephen. Should Contract, have read that earlier. Contractual obligations. <laughs> and to, then Chelsea, Lord... to, to Chelsea Harbour Hotel. <laughs> to, Dom, to Dom Piper. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> so, poor Dom, sorry. Um, Lord Fortune 23. Hey, Lord name. Fortune. Yeah. Does Chris Richards deserve to start weekly? I'd imagine now, probably will, with, 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 is, until, until Anderson's back. Yeah, I mean, until Joe is back, and when Joe is back, it's his shirt right away because he's been fantastic for for so long now. But um, yeah, in 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 the interim, absolutely. The hope, the hope for him is that he maintains his fitness and maintains his form because the the longer he maintains such form and fitness, the the more certain that Vieira will be of of his part in the squad moving forward. Who knows when Anderson comes back, we may see that three five two that we've all thought we might see at times this season, or possibly slotting at right back where we know there's there's still question marks. So yeah, he he absolutely did himself wonders with that performance last night. I mean, it's 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 another kind of uh, it's a nice kind of reminder that the recruitment at Palace and it's something that comes up a lot, and, and undoubtedly there needs to be more recruitment this month and in the summer. And and it, it, to stay in Premier League, your recruitment has to be consistent. You can't just sort of like rest on your laurels. But reminder again that actually it is pretty on the ball. 
in terms of not without getting carried away too much. I've seen a few people tweeting uh, Palace are back and Palace have got their bollocks back and all this kind of stuff. And I think um, I think there's still issues. There's still things to sort out in this team. Certainly, we've got, we've got a we've got a bollock back. Maybe, maybe is that the title? I can't. But that's a title. No, please don't. Please. In fact, maybe um, cut. Maybe cut that bit. That was all. No, I can't. I'm. Gonna, I'll leave it. It's fine. Um, it's just a little insight to what people can get on the patron patron version. Um, I. It, but it's definitely a big step forward, isn't it? And um, I think it's a reminder that. <laughs> You know, Selzy uses the phrase "wedding and fun- weddings and funerals" on the personal side, and, and it's it's never not relevant. And I think it's the same with Palace. Like we've been on a tough run recently, but performances hadn't been horrendous. We just had moments in games where we maybe hadn't capitalised, or we'd been sloppy. The goals against Southampton, for example, and last night was a reminder that we're maybe not too far away, but we're not there yet. You know, and yes, we deserve something. But as you said, Casemiro could have scored the other chance. United could have had a penalty, which we'll come on to in a minute. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we've suddenly turned the corner to use an FYP phrase, but I think maybe last night was a reminder that we're not too far away as a squad as maybe we thought we were. The manager isn't maybe quite as clueless as people we thought, um, and there is a desire in that squad. That team was playing for that manager last night. You know, there is desire in that team, and, and certainly there's no, never has been rumours of losing the dressing room or anything like that. But I think it was just a reminder last night. All the components were there. The team were better. Um, they had more passion, the squad players stepped up and the fans responded. Just a reminder for me that actually we're not we're not we're not too far away, actually. Maybe it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a very fair summary of where we're at. Um and I felt Saturday, Sunday repaired that a little bit as well. I I felt if we'd gone to Stanford Bridge and rolled over, the fans probably would have started to to lose it. Um with, with Vieira and certainly some of the players, but the performance was enough on Sunday to indicate that there was still fight and there was still desire. The the moment of, of Gay and Wilf picking Conor Gallagher up and telling yes. him to get on his way. Um, and then elements last night, Tyreek really taking no nonsense from yeah. Anthony when Anthony wanted a bit on the on the touchline. So, yeah, absolutely chuffed to see that fight because after the, particularly the Fulham game and the second half of the, the Spurs game, there were elements of those performances where you're thinking, yeah. Oh, not really sure what's happened in this World Cup break here. This this doesn't look particularly healthy. Um, so, yeah, very reassuring to see that and to get a point. And for that point, Sally, to move on, even if it's just a point and it might be a point yeah. for a couple more weeks, given who we've got coming up, it's nice to see it move on because um, if it remains static for, for weeks on end, then then fans start to panic a bit. So, uh, yeah, I think that's very fair summary, Jim. Thank you very much. Do you know what? I don't... No, I don't really get that much feedback on the pod, actually. Certainly not positive like that. So thank you very much for reminding yeah, well, me. You're, you're um, shall, shall we come on to, uh, I guess, a couple of instances in the game I think Rob and I sort of skirted over in the post-match pod, which we'll come on to in a bit. Um, the penalty shout for Richards mm-hmm. on McTominay, which if you look on not even just Man United fan Twitter, any media fan Twitter seems to be like the biggest VAR error of all time, would that um, be um, would that be any media last night that was considering us to have robbed Manchester United? Yeah, quite, quite exactly. Right. Right. I mean, football. I understand that a lot of journalists and media portals are stressed and have not many people doing lots of different jobs. But you only had to watch that game, you know, not even for that long to realise that actually it was a very fair. But anyway, anyway, this is a we've talked about that many point. times. Yeah, but no, no, yeah. no. But it's uh, it's a broader point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Richards on McTominay. At the time, I mean, I sit in the main stand, so quite down the other end. 
didn't I thought it looked soft. I actually thought it was just, I thought it was like a shoulder to shoulder. Watching the replay, it's obviously more of a block, but it looks to me, and this might be with red and blue tinted glasses on, that Richards gets a touch on the ball. I'm guessing that's what VAR decided because VAR actually looked at it very quickly. But what were your uh, thoughts? Uh, well, I, I was at the back, uh, the back of Block D of the Lower Homesdale last night, and I thought it was a penalty at the time. And um, oh. when it went to VAR and he he waited for as long as he did, Rob Jones, I was thinking they were checking off sidelines and all sorts of things. Right. Um, so I was very relieved to see him indicate to, to Vinny to get the game going again. Uh, having seen the replay, there is a, from my assessment, a very minor touch from Richards. If that penalty had been given, it wouldn't have been overturned because of that, I would say. Yeah. I think it's one of those that the VAR has said, well, let's just stick with what Rob said in the middle because it's it's kind of a halfway house between a penalty and not a penalty because of that maybe minor touch on the ball. But maybe we got away with that and we may have got away with Casemiro's chance at the end. But I think the performance made the luck last night. So, yeah, I think it's... Uh, having not been given, I don't think it's enough for it to be overturned and given. But had it been given... I don't think it would have been overturned and 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 not given. So this, I yeah. I think that's where you do see those VAR decisions where there's just it's not enough. It's not a clear and obvious error because the VAR can say, well, I actually think Richards has got a little touch on that, so yeah. so the referee's got it right. So yeah, we we um, we move on and we take that one. <laughs> I think because it, it it could well have been a penalty. We take the we take the dub. Or take the take the W. I think I believe the kids say these, this is what these youngsters say that I yeah I don't know what Grace what, it's what Grace and Cass would would, would yeah. say probably yeah. and Travis yeah. um it's that's a, there's a really interesting point on VAR that you just which is obviously maybe for another episode that actually as a system does it work because uh, the margin for uh, what's the word for appraisal slash turning over is probably uh, subjective and. You just said it really interesting there that if it's not enough to go one way, it's sort of not enough to go the other. And I was just thinking as you're going over talking there, God, I don't know if that works as a system. Anyway, that's that's just I, I kind of agree with you. I, I, it wasn't enough to go either way. But anyway, it's a, it, it's a, it's a circumstance in which the on match on pitch official has ultimately got right because there wasn't enough to overturn it. Yeah, but it's. So it, kind it of, still all comes down to opinion, doesn't it? Like, and it's still, and I guess yeah. there's an argument really that actually maybe these decisions shouldn't go too far. That actually technology should should just be black and white, aka offsides, which they do look like they are ironing out and starting to get a bit more. The the, the, um, the semi-automatic in the World Cup did actually work quite well, yeah. um, but uh, it's very difficult with these kind of decisions. And actually, like, I wonder if it, if it robs a little bit of authority from the officials. I, I understand yeah. that Glenn Murray was the studio pundit last night for Sky and. Uh, he was quite vociferous. It was a penalty, so maybe someone needs to remind Glenn. You know, <laughs> where his loyalties lie. Yeah, come on now, come on now. Glenn. Speaking of, of what other decisions, then because I mean, obviously, this is the one that I even replied via FIP Twitter a little bit Twitter bantery. Maybe I shouldn't have done. Um, but the Casemiro challenge on Wilf, and I saw some Palace fans saying, "Well, it's a knee-high challenge." And again, at the time, I remember, th- I remember thinking, "Okay, no, I could, he's taking him down there, going into the box, stone cold yellow, no problem." Yeah. Watch the replay. I was like, oh it's, my God, he actually comes in at night. It is a shocker. It's Why? A shocker. So that, that is a red card, really. Yeah, that one is, um, that's a really bad tackle. I mean, Sky, again, I've seen the highlights and, and, and the, the commentators seem to be more interested in the fact that Casemiro will miss the next game against yeah. Arsenal than anything to do with the, the, um, 
the actual game they're commentating on. So that that was really bizarre. Um, yeah, it's high. It's late. He's nowhere near the ball. He makes no attempt to play the ball. It's no. dangering an opponent. It's knee high. If if a VAR in that instance had said, no, Rob, you need to go. I don't know why I'm so affectionately calling him Rob tonight. <laughs> Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, you should go to the monitor. Um, I think that's a red calling card. Calling Mr. Jones. That was probably just, it. I think so. Yeah, by Aqua, but we, we, we can move on. But <laughs> some would say um yeah I, I think if if the var had suggested he goes and looks at that and indicated it's a red card challenge nobody oh, yeah. would have said that's not oh, so yeah. if you compare that to the richards penalty shout there is a much bigger gap in between the on-pitch decision and the actual yeah. chances of that being a red card but is robert jones going to send off casemiro i don't think so this is the same Robert Jones that happily stood by while Casemiro took a yeah, yeah, very clearly. lengthy selfie with Casemiro a fanboy um, that nobody seemed so, fussed about stopping. I don't know if we should comment on that. I think I think the club will probably get in a bit of trouble for that. Like I, to, to well, run I that think, far across the pitch, yeah. and but my, my brother was in the the Arthur last night, and within minutes of that happening, the chief stewards did summon the stewards that were at the kind of base of the Arthur Waite and did kind of conduct an inquiry as to what was happening. There are, I'm sure there will be questions about that. That I mean it, yeah. Yeah. That that cannot and should not be happening. No. Um, there are safety huge safety concerns. Huge safety issues and you just got to be grateful the guy only had a mobile phone in his hand and was more interested yeah, in TikTok quite. than anything else. But and, yeah, and which most which most nice. pitch invaders are, let's be totally honest. But you of course, be but it too, presents the opportunity. Lacks with yeah. I mean, he's I, I can't estimate how far he run, but 50, 60 yards across the. He's pitch. come from the front of the front of the Arthur. Yeah, but, but to, it looked like in the corner. near the dugout. Yeah, but to the near the dugout. To, like, yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy, and for it. To, and I even Casemiro quick... was a bit like, oh, he's still yeah. coming. Oh, he's here. Oh, he's next to me. Well, um, nobody stopped him. Nobody. Presumably, he looks very innocent and clearly had his mobile phone out, but nobody seemed to object to it happening and it wasn't really for about five or six seconds after he was even with Casemiro that yeah. the stewards kind of entered from yeah. the tunnel very peculiar situation which I trust the club will address and you know ensure that such a situation doesn't I suspect again. on Saturday against Newcastle we would see heightened steward presence quite I'd possibly quite but possibly. to be honest but if that's what it takes then yeah but I, the, the, back to the point I just can't see a situation where Robert Jones sends off Casemiro on the pitch. So you're probably relying on the VAR to, to get involved there and, and they didn't. But yeah, lucky to get away with that one. Um, but, but more importantly for footballing narrative, how will United get away oh. without him on Sunday? Who cares? Well, they already beat Arsenal apparently without him, I'm seeing online. Oh, so so many good headlines out there. It did feel last night, looking back at the coverage, that we were just, you know, Part of United's play last night. It was, but that happened before with Liverpool. Do you remember when it happens it was all Liverpool the time. versus another team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time. But last night was really at the height of that that scale of of just how unimportant Palace were to the event. But that's but that's why league. that's why goals like Elise's are so enjoyable for fans yeah. of a club like ours because it is not just obviously a great goal, last minute equaliser, deserved injury time, etc., etc. It is a little two fingers up to kind of the rest yeah. of the footballing world and the media, yeah. in particular, being like, "Hang on, we are actually." Quite good. We're an important part of this narrative, and we're yeah. not going to roll over and well, take it. And so that's such, enjoyable. such a magnificent goal. But again, the producer felt it was more important to show Eric Ten Hag for ten seconds after the goal rather than focus yeah. on Palace's yeah. celebrations or Patrick Vieira, yeah. <laughs> or even the fans. Completely dull. Anyway, yeah, the point. Great. I'm um, sure I was going to, I was going to say something there for, before we go on to the post match pod, and I've forgotten what it is. So I might just go on to post match pod, and if I can remember what it was, well, we could talk you, on the well, other side of that. You and Who you knows? and Rob, you and Rob may actually say it during the pod. So. <laughs> 
We might do. Okay, so let, let, this is Rob and I last night. Um, what we love about doing these post-match pods is there's just like when we when you and I catch up during the week, it's a bit more. It's a bit more. We've had a few, uh, you know, twenty four hours, maybe less today, to think about it. It's a bit more relaxed. Post-match pods are a bit manic because yeah. you're in that immediate post-match buzz. Um, but I hope listeners like it and patrons seem to like it. So here, this is Rob and I. Um, you've also got a little bit of sort of narrative again pod now we're walking down the hometown road we're getting my car i have to de-ice my windscreen there's a lot happening basically but anyway i hope you enjoy it this is robin on the post-match pod last night from zealous I believe in talking about the elephant in the room, right? I genuinely believe it. I, if we have That's a chance, a bit unfound street, he's if not we, that, yeah. <laughs> he's cooking quite true. He's quite a skinny elephant, um, but I believe in I believe in naming the thing that you shouldn't talking about the thing you shouldn't talk about because I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think I don't believe in jinxing things. So anyway, I said if we if he scores now, we deserve a point. Yeah. And he did score, I, and we did. Well, I agree with that completely. We did deserve it. We're just getting in the car, by the way, friend, and we can edit this out, but or not. JD's car parked next to a Porsche and a Mercedes. <laughs> JD is not driving either on those kind of cars. Any <laughs> <laughs> um, time I will ever be, my name would be in the same sentence as a Porsche and a Mercedes. But, oh, but it just shows. It just shows that goal shows. The beauty and the futility of football. <laughs> because it basically, two seconds before that goal went in, we were all kind of wistfully thinking, we've played well and we deserved something from this, yeah. but it's so typically Palace that we didn't get anything from it. Yeah. And then Elise did that. And, and, that and, and ironically, before he did it, we, we talked about how he hadn't really produced enough and how, despite being a threat, he hadn't done enough in terms of... He's not really getting the assist that you expect him to and he gets he into good positions and then the cross isn't quite good enough. But that was a, that, that was a clutch moment. That was yeah, a moment yeah. that can change... I know what that means. It can change the direction. I know what clutch means. Yeah. Because someone told me in my last job... Um, I'm going to talk and then I'm going to get up and scrape the windscreen because it's got icy, cool. but yeah. I don't have a scraper. I've only got my old season ticket card. That works. But it does work really well. Um, I completely agree, and I think that that is a huge goal for us in the context of our season. I think it's a huge goal for Vieira. Because yeah. even though, you know, and it's really nice hearing the fans sing his name and people are behind him, I think, for the most part. And we played very well. And you're right, it would have been really disappointing to come away with nothing tonight. Bear in mind, they're the most informed team in the Premier League, probably. So that's a big performance anyway. But we definitely deserve something. But I think coming away again, it would have been, what, six defeats out of seven or seven out of eight. Yeah. We'd be thinking, oh, and there'd be more question marks over Vieira. But I think today is actually one of those games that there's more answers than questions about Vieira. Because you saw how much those players fought for him today. They really battled hard. He... he he answered a lot of fans' questions in terms of um, team selection. He, he gave us everything we wanted. And I actually think the two players that came in, in terms of the, the don't get many minutes, Hughes and Richards, were both superb. Um, but that goal, if we'd come away today losing 1-0, I think we'd be 
starting to feel we're in a rut. But I genuinely think that goal could change our season. It's a big goal for us. It's a huge goal for Elise, because as you say, his, his output isn't as big as it should be. And it's a massive goal for Vieira. So I really think whatever happens this season, if we end up having a quite decent end to the season we will look back at this is the turning point there's also no shame in taking you're going to have to point. talk to yourself because I'm That's going to fine. go and scratch the I'm just going to go on a bit of a rant there's okay. no shame in taking a point and Palace very often tried to do the whole stick or twist thing and in this case Palace didn't just they, they didn't try and twist too much you know I think they didn't t- JD is quite literally scraping ice off the windscreen uh, you, you missed a bit, JD. Did I? Yeah, I mean, you so should I, probably you should I get can... the whole windscreen. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, he, he's, for, for listeners listening, he has scraped half the windscreen, um, and you could actually get stopped by the police for that. So, um, worth uh, worth doing. Just make sure you scrape the entire windscreen, clear it, so that you've got a full view of both sides of the street. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that. Going for winning a point, there's no shame in winning. I'm not a going point. back out there. No, you're fine. You've done. You've done I well. Also, you've got a whole like, apologies to listeners. I mean, this is proper like ambient sound. I need to turn the heating on. That's fine. And it's going to be quite loud. So yeah, if, if we were in Adam's expensive car, you could have oh, no, it kind of heated no, no. seats and everything else. I'm so sorry that this isn't Adam's. I know you're parked in Adam's spot. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually. I should turn parked in Steve Browett's spot. Who very kindly let me park his spot tonight. So thank you very much, Steve, who I know is a patron, because uh, I was doing some filming here tonight, and so it's very useful. So much appreciated by me and Lewis, uh, my producer. So thank you. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it, it's. It's a point that we deserved. It's all we ultimately got. Wilfred Zaha came so close to having an opening, which Aaron Wambasaka snuffed out so well that we know he, the thing that's so annoying. And Wilf even said it in the post-match interview. If there's one that, player, that if there's one player, there's one player that he knew that, that he knew that that Aaron Wambasaka could do that kind of scoop tackle, and he did it. And it's oh, it's just so frustrating because. Wolf deserved a goal tonight as well. I think he genuinely did. I think everyone in that yeah. team. The first half, we were a little bit. There was a little bit of. I, I was saying to, to to people sat with me, uh, to, to Nav and Andy, that it's just a little bit meandering. Yeah, I thought that. We're just a little bit meandering, and but it's but slow, isn't it? It's it was just slow, slow and, and we've talked about this before. It's it's just a bit too ponderous. Yeah. It's not the second half. There was an element of directness, yeah. and it wasn't. It's not always about shooting, but it's about pushing the team, the opponents, onto their back foot and giving them a threat and making them but it's think also about, about what like they're having to do. Moving the ball, because like, I feel like we, we take ages to move the ball forward, and so we'll, we'll, we'll turn it over in our, in our final, in our third, outside our box. We get it. At least he goes, goes forward a bit. Oh, he checks back. And then it goes in. No, it goes to Klein. And then it goes across the back. Forward, and, then, and then by that time, their momentum's gone. And I, I know you can't always attack all the time, but I feel like we don't move the ball through the lines very quickly and that is something we say every week on the podcast um, and that's why the first half was ponderous I should say so I sit in the main stand and I sit in the main stand we'll know that the, the leg room is absolutely appalling and I was sat between two big blokes both really nice in fact the guy on my right was an Arsenal fan because obviously where I sit is like player comps and stuff so a lot of it is like it's quite neutral it's like the Fulham basically area of the ground and he was loving that goal going in at the end it was a very nice guy I chatted to him but it meant that I was sort of like um, sitting on my haunches, so my calves. I, at one point, I was thinking I'm going to like pull my calf muscle, 
And Palace gave me no... I was thinking, as soon as something happens, I'll stand up and get a moment. No standing, because Palace gave us nothing, because there was no yeah. urgency. So I got no respite from that. Thankfully, my dad's best mate, Leonard, who uh, I found out tonight went to his first game in 1947. He is an absolute legend. Um, swap seats with me so I could have some liquor. <laughs> so thanks, Leonard. Um, but yeah, you're right. So, uh, I just did a Man United podcast for... Um, United we stand or something I can't what it's called but anyway nice guy Steve and he was saying what happened what happened in the second half because we felt in control and you guys came back into it I couldn't really put a finger on it was it just intensity or desire I think it was intensity and it was just in the first half Man U pretty much is that right um, yes let me just put my seatbelt on oh yeah good idea okay I'll hold it while you talk great uh, Man U in the first half This is such an amateur pod I hope you're enjoying this I genuinely think people like this side of stuff Yeah, I hope so Because uh, you don't have any other options, really um, <laughs> Exactly But, um, no, I think in the first half I, th- There was a point where, man, you pretty much had Six or seven players in our half And that that kind of told its own story But in the second half, we kind of reversed that a little bit yeah. I think, in some cases you can You can almost get a little bit Kind of um, cornered in, you know, and I think if you're if you're spending too much time worrying about your opponents and what they're going to do, you're gonna you're just going to play into their hands. And, and man, you they're not a bad side, but they're not that good. They're not that good. They're not worthy of of the kind of respect you would maybe give Man City. They're they're a top four team, or they're challenging top four team. You could argue they're probably, you know, with the way that the top two are doing in this season, you could probably say they might actually have a chance of I think they pushing make, for the title. It's, it's not. It's not that. It's not that. Um, un, you know, that unlikely. But I did feel like we just gave them a bit too much respect, and in the second that. half. In the second half, that respect that we that we gave yeah. them, it was just it was reduced, and we, we really pushed on. And I've got to say, Chris Richards was excellent Superb. tonight. I thought he was really good. He yeah. was excellent. The tackles that he made, the recovering tackles that he made, well, his passing, a, um... his distribution, his heading. Yeah. I think all of it was was really really good. And you can't blame him for the goal. Unfortunately, I think it was the Kure who switched off for a second. Someone said that, yeah. Um, and and that was disappointing. But there was so much positive about uh, Richards, and Gay worked really well with him as well. So I know that there's a fear with there was a fear with Anderson dropping out with with his. Um, his calf muscle injury I think it is there was a fear that that Vieira might go with um, uh, with with Tompkins Tompkins. but but Richards really didn't put a foot wrong and as long as he can stay fit he deserves to to be staying in that team until at least until Anderson returns to fitness and if if Anderson comes back you might end up being able to play him as a back three and that in itself changes things a little bit again so I, I, I think it was Something of an audition for Hughes and Richards tonight, I think. And um, I mean, it's almost like Vieira has been either listening to the pod or being on the BBS because those are the two changes that every Palace fan has been asking for. And I have to admit, I was previously—I think you and I talked about this last time—I was previously in the sort of you know, I like Will Hughes, but I don't really get the clamour for him. But I thought he was fantastic tonight. Yeah. Him and Richards, you know, coming in against Man United, arguably the on-form team in the Premier League, is. Not an easy task at all And you know Especially when Richard has started What two or three games Hughes has started What half a dozen mm-hmm. So you're not you know, you're, you're asking a really big job And I thought They were both excellent I thought Hughes Set the tone About 30 seconds in With that sort of Crunching tackle on I think Ericsson Or one of the midfielders yeah. 
that really set the tone, and his interceptions were superb. I, I think. And I just think. And I, and one more point about Hughes is that what I do like about him is he does look to play the ball forward, yeah. and I do think sometimes our midfield is, is ponderous, as you said, and slow at doing that. And when he gets the ball and tack, wins it and turns it over, he does look to release it forward quickly. So I, I thought they both did well. And you're right about Richards; it gives us other options. Um, I just think it shows tonight that Vieira can be bold, can change his mind. You know, maybe he's not as wedded to the team as we thought he was. And he can be flexible. And I think really tonight is... I nearly said a big victory. We didn't win. But I really think tonight is a big night for Vieira in terms of proving that actually as a manager and tactically, I think maybe he's slightly more astute than maybe we gave him credit for. It was a point that felt like three. It did. And that's the thing. And I think that's important. Um, For Hughes, I think... One of the problems we've had with our midfield, I don't think Hughes is the answer to all of our issues. I don't think he's the, the solution I, I, in, terms of, in terms of a driving midfield force. But I do think he's really, really, he's highly capable. And I think that there have been times this season where when we're losing, he comes on for the last 10 minutes. I don't think that's an entirely fair way to treat him. I don't think... Yeah. I think he's better than that. And I think he deserved... Especially with how passive our midfield has been in recent recent games. I think he deserved to start the match. And, and he didn't let us down. And that really... just I that he was even better Just that. having that aggression... Yeah. Having that aggression really makes a difference to the way that we play because it just changes the dynamics a little bit. It, it you know, it, it, we're we're looking, we're looking a little bit less kind of the, the passiveness. We're we're not passive. We're we were we were just being aggressive and in their faces. And really, I feel like at times against like Spurs, for example. Um, it, we really needed that a bit more. And also, the other thing is, players need to be played in order to play themselves into fitness and in order to be able yeah. to play themselves into form. And I think that, that showed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit critical. I thought Edouard was disappoint, disappointing, other than that shot that was saved and yeah, it hit the bar. What a save that was, by It was way. an excellent save. And there... Um, uh, he did a really, he made a really good save from uh, Gay as well. Excellent yeah. goalkeeper. I mean, he made yeah. that terrible mistake in the FA Cup. But hey, I mean, goalkeepers make mistakes in the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, um, we know about that. <laughs> but but I think I think Edouard is just a bit disappointing because uh, there were times he just it's almost like he's kind of lost that little bit of will that he's lost the hunger to score. Maybe yeah. and, well, and I'm being let out here. And really, he needs to. He needs to 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 when he has an opportunity to shoot, he needs to take it more often. These are all taxis waiting to pick up people. So, Um, so I just feel that that's that's something that's that was disappointing. I thought Mateta did reasonably well trying to link players up and link play up and trying to make things happen a little bit. But we all know that Mateta isn't. The world class striker that that, limited, that he it? thinks he is. <laughs> Maybe. I was saying to the Arsenal fan next to me that like early on in the game, like because Edward had a chance in the edge of the box and took an extra touch, and I said, I said, oh. the guy went, oh, I said every week, Matt, I said every week he takes an extra touch. Yeah. I said he's a good player, but doesn't believe he is, and Mateta's not as good, but believes he is. And if you can combine the two, you'd have oh. a really effective striker. Matetward would be so Matetward. good. Yeah. But I, I don't. I think I don't think either striker tonight. 
particularly, I would say, played their way into no, it was, maybe Vieira's team. It was a hard game, obviously, and, and um, you know, Varane is superb at centre-back, and Martinez um, did very well before the World Cup. I think he's got a slight World Cup hangover still, but um, I don't think they were our strongest players tonight. And there was a, there was a couple with Edward, wasn't there? One in the second half where he... All he had to do was take a touch and play in Wilf, and he did a really heavy touch, and it ran through, and it was a two-on-one potential situation. He's he is a good player, but his it's almost like his head lets him down more than his touch. Whereas I think with Mateta, he tries to get in position. You can see him trying to hold the ball up, but sometimes it's his touch rather than his head that lets him down. And they're two frustrating players for sort of different reasons. But I don't think it was a pretty great night for either of them. No, it was just a bit disappointing from them. Um, and, and it's it's it kind of leaves you wondering what what do Palace do? Do we do, do we do what Adam says and and try and sign another striker? Do we try and get a Danny Ings? I I, I really hope that we can kind of convince Aston Villa to to let us have him. But I can't it would see that happening. No, I can't either. But it, he would be exactly the kind of striker that I think we could do with because he's just on the front foot the whole time. It's not a matter of he, he's literally the kind of pl- player that will take a touch and shoot. He doesn't just and also because we've 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 done the Wolf experiment, haven't we? And we've seen tonight Wolf running at people. It's just so much more effective than back to goal. So we can't be in a situation where we're playing our best player, uh, effectively negating his abilities by playing him back to goal. I mean, at one point, I was thinking, we've got no other strikers to come on, and they brought yeah. AU on. I was like, oh, I guess that counts as a striker. But really, he was playing all his forwards at once. And AU's not the answer either. You know, is he at number nine? He's an option. I know Adam likes that option, and he has done well there for us. And maybe as an inverted number nine, it works. But I think we do need another another number nine to come in because we don't we don't really have... I don't know. There, there isn't an answer there. That That's our biggest, I think... Um, question mark uh, but the rest of the team you know Kleine had a few moments today where sort of lost his yeah, a few passes and stuff weren't good but Mitchell was a lot better tonight yeah. Hughes was excellent in that in that two and Vieira is going for the two now isn't he rather than the one holding he mm. is giving Decore and Decore seems to be playing a bit free although I still can't make it past 75 minutes of every game was, was Edouard playing as a number 10 at one point uh, he seemed potentially to they seemed to have four forwards at one point yeah. didn't they when Eze when Eze came on um, so I don't know that's a, that's a big question mark up, up front um, and maybe that's one of the reasons that we're struggling to score so many goals but I, I just I know I've come on the last few weeks and said every game, oh, we've had a right today, and we've lost. Yeah. Oh, we've had a right. But today, we genuinely, that for me, that was a real confidence-boosting performance and point. I've really enjoyed it today, tonight. I really, that, to me, had those slight smack of last season. Yeah. Those like high-intensity, exciting games under the lights, and, and we were in it against a really good team, and we scored a fantastic goal, and the atmosphere was great tonight. It, it, it just, it felt... Yeah, I really felt good tonight. I really enjoyed it, and 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 uh, we've needed something like that tonight. We've yeah, really needed that. It's something that we need to build on. I think it's something that Palace need to build on. They, again, we haven't scored a goal from open play in oh since I think word. since the World Cup uh, finished. Um, no, so since before. Since when- Wait, the, since Elise, since Elise went to West Ham, that was open play, wasn't it? So yeah, we have. So we, there is still a problem. There is still a glaring issue that needs to be resolved. We need to try and score goals from open play.
that's the Fiber Plan podcast. That was me and Rob uh, post match. I did get to de ice the windscreen. Don't worry, I drove very safely. Everything um, was fine. Oh, I saw one person send a question. <laughs> Hang on, where is it? Um, it was Art Vandelay during the post match pod. Do you think Rob got the hint that Jim needs an ice scraper next Christmas? <laughs> I heard some. I heard some fans are going to set up a GoFundMe for you <laughs> to get that. Good. They've got eleven months, so plenty of time. To scrape the just, 999 well, just, just on that front, I think it's probably anyone that was there last night or anyone that could make it last night. Fair play to you, because it was bloody cold. It was. It, it was, was freezing. <laughs> and in the first half in particular, the Palace, where I sit in the main stand, I said this in the post, I keep repeating myself, but there's no leg room. And my, I literally felt like my calves were going to pop out my leg because it's so it tight. Calm. And I thought, well, look, when there's, when there's a chance, I'll stand up and get a relief. Nothing. So at least in the second half, we got a bit more. And I actually swapped seats in the second half. Um, but it was a cold. Palace made us wait, didn't they, for the moment to warm up? Yeah, I mean, Ed, Edward's chance in the first half was such a snapshot that you couldn't really get excited because yeah, he hits it so yeah. early. So Also, I was literally sort of like arm in arm with the big guy next to me, so I couldn't really sort of get up. Anyway, I was basically on his lap, so I couldn't really sort of get up anyway. Big, big um, guy next to you. Is that what you call JD Senior? Big guy Senior. <laughs> He wasn't there last night, but I, Leonard was there, so that was uh, that was good. Um, Leonard went to his first game in 1947. Oh, my word. He's got Sensational. So we should get one of the He's got stories today. His favourite Palace player ever is Cam Burgess, who I think retired in, like, 1955. I thought it was a film star from the 50s. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great singing in the rain and brilliant away at Fulham. Um, let's... Question. Let's get some questions in before yeah, we wrap up because um, by the time we finish, it's going to be um, half-time in the Newcastle game. Uh, David Kent... Why doesn't Elise celebrate? Now, I actually have an answer for this. Yes, go on. I don't know if it's common knowledge, and I might have to cut this because I might have to check with, with Rob. I think Rob's the source of this. Elise doesn't celebrate equalisers. I think I've seen it on Twitter. I think somebody's put it out there already. Yeah. So that, and that actually, when you think about it, is a hugely legitimate reason yeah. not to celebrate. He's also... A very cool dude. Like, he's obviously very focused on his football. We've seen that from the post-match interviews. Yeah. And I actually like the fact that he just gets on. I mean, it is very cool to score a goal that good and just turn around like, oh, sorry, am I not at training? I'm at the game. Yeah. Oh, okay, ice, cool. Ice, ice cool. It just, it adds, and then it adds the coolness to him, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a fist pump. I mean, what more do you want? He, he acknowledged <laughs> that he'd gone in. He ran yeah. back to the centre circle. Um, yeah, no, it was it was ice cold. I love it. Um, yeah, there's something very cool about him. Reading fans... Uh, probably reassured that he's done that in the Premier League because they used to get cross that he didn't celebrate goals in the Championship. So now that he's he's doing it, and he did celebrate the winner against West Ham. I mean, again, quite yeah. coolly by just walking towards us as we kind of went. It was a winner though. Way. It was a winner. So yeah, that does um, that does make make sense. But yeah, what what a moment! I mean, anyone that's listening to this pod, any any of the two of us would still be on that pitch having fainted having scored that goal. So <laughs> I've scored at Tetzelas. I've yeah, told the story many I times. Know, at my listeners too. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a tap in from six yards out, and, you're and still I think there. I celebrated for five, <laughs> for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, what a what a goal! Um, yeah, probably probably made even better by how cool it was. As cool as his was, his celebration was. I just loved Ebbs just clapping from the yeah, from the six yard box. Like he just very, watched a very mediocre theatre performance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> five out of ten. Um, Five out of ten. No, no four star at Edinburgh. Um, anyway, <laughs> not um, for everyone. Not, not for everyone. No. But actually, a quick word on Ebbs because he he didn't start last night, and clearly that was one of the decisions that Vieira made. And I thought as his kind of cameo, um, I think he came on about sixty minutes. 
Uh, I thought he grew into the game as it as it went on and and showed some lovely touches, got into positions of the pitch that he can cause damage in. A couple of you know l- nice touches that didn't really work, didn't come off, but kept going. And uh, yeah, It'd be interested to see what Vieira does with with Ebbs in the next few weeks because actually maybe the impact from the bench is the impact we need from the bench. If you start all the quality players, all those kind of technical ta- t- uh, technical players, ballers. Then, then you don't have that option off the bench. So, yeah, maybe, maybe Ebbs from the bench in the next few weeks. It'd be interesting to see. Taking a dub with the ballers. That's, <laughs> I think that's the title, isn't it? Um, no, not, not, we can't say taking a dub after we haven't won either of the last two games. Very fair point. We can't that is it. a fair point. Um, yeah, he's he's ice cold, Michael Elise, and yeah, lovely. didn't have a, didn't have a particularly great game last night, but. Bought the bought the, I think in American sports it's called a clutch moment, and uh, that really yeah. was it. That is the title actually for the pod. You're right, yeah. Rob said that on the post match. I know Rob likes his American sports as much as you do, so that is that is very much it is a clutch moment. Completely. Very. Agree. I mean, can I thank Rob publicly for giving me a 49ers jersey last night? So very kind. Oh well, there you go. There go you go. Niners. I don't, go Niners. Is that that's San Francisco? San Francisco. Who are the um, San Diego Chargers moved? Didn't they to LA? Did they move yeah, to, LA? to LA? Yeah. Are they any good now? Or are they still bad? Uh, they just had a terrible loss. Yes, that's my boys. That's my boys. Um, <laughs> well, in fact, they the grabbed pa- the they, palace. They, they grabbed. The the, they they did grab defeat from the jaws of victory at the weekend. So there you go. The yeah. palace of the NFL. Um, yeah, before well, people turn off because they hate NFL. Let's, let's <laughs> sorry. Let's ask some I'm not questions. an NFL fan either, but there we go. Um, no, just really quickly, I thought uh, Ebbs and Schlupp, two players that actually needed, I think, to be on the bench, needed to have a moment away from the limelight and uh, be introduced and two players who I think impacted the game very well. And we did spoke Absolutely. briefly earlier. Yeah. yeah. Sloppy, won the free kick doing what we know he can yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nice to have kind of impact off the bench as well, because we haven't had it too often since we've come back from the world cup. So yeah, as I said, in the, in the first part, please for Vieira to see that and uh, for, for subs to work is, is kudos to him. As you said, big night for Vieira. I think Vieira's, if we were doing winners and losers, I think he's the biggest winner from last Yeah, night. yeah, I agree with that. Um, final question then is from Jerome Gavin. Hey, Jerome. Who I think scored 12 goals for Fleetwood in the 28-29. That doesn't mess. It sounds like a League Two footballer name. Um, sorry, Jerome. Very harsh indeed. Jerome, um, aim higher. Jerome, you can make the Premier League with your name. Don't, don't listen to Jim. Hey, Vardy went from Fleetwood to the Premier League. True enough. So Jerome can do it as well. Um, this is a lovely question. I think it's a nice place to round off. Gahey giving it to Gallagher last week. Tyreek squaring up to the winger, aka Anthony, after pushing him over. Hughes getting stuck in. There was a bit more of an edge to our play the last couple of games, and maybe even a touch of shousery. <laughs> lovely work. Was this bit of spine part of what we were missing, Jack? Yeah. I, I said in the first part that I was really pleased to see that in the last two games, that fight, because I felt um, Fulham and second half of, of Spurs, we were soft. We weren't, not we were conceding soft goals, but we were just looking a bit tepid and a bit a bit too mild for, for my liking and many other fans' liking. So, yeah, moments like seeing Gay pull up Gallagher, who he's very close with, he's known since they were children, um, really take no crap from him, was great. Um, someone had to officiate that game because Peter Banks wasn't. Uh, uh, Tariq Mitchell last night not taking it. It reminded me of the square up that he had with uh, Tariq Lamptey in the Brighton game a few years ago, which I think was yeah. behind doors. Um, yeah, Tariq doesn't like any crap, so he he dealt with that. 
And then, yeah, getting Will Hughes in the team last night and, and putting it about. And yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> he left quite a nasty one on Conor Gallagher at the weekend. Um, even when I don't intend to talk about Conor Gallagher on this podcast, we end up talking about fucking Conor Gallagher. Um, yeah, Will, he left one on him. And then, uh, yeah, last night, uh, kind of walked the yellow card tightrope. And then when it got to the point where he kind of went late on McTominay, he kind of just walked off. I like it when players walk off after getting yellow cards, if they say, yeah, that's totally warranted. Yeah. Um, just kind of an acceptance rather than the embarrassing protestations which uh we've seen plenty of from bruno fernandez last night but no i thought will hughes added by in the midfield was really welcome and then yeah displays like gay and mitchell have, have kind of added to that fight so the fight on sunday was was great to see and it carried into last night and newcastle on saturday will be difficult as well and they like a scrap yeah. so yeah. you know we've got to keep that up um just quick note on, on mark gay actually last night because i think chris richards was was so impressive in terms of his first start but I thought Mark Gay was outstanding last night too and um, followed a very decent performance at, at Chelsea too. I think there's some suggestions he was at fault for the goal, but I, I'm not quite sure. I haven't really seen it back too many times. But in terms of his overall performance, he seems to be coming back into the form that he showed last season. So two 22-year-olds at centre-half last night. Big big ask of Vieira to, to have those two there and, and both delivered. So, yeah, shout out to Mark Gay as well. Had a twenty-two or twenty-one-year-old left back. I think Tyreek. Yeah, I think Tyreek. Well, I think they, I think yeah. I think he's maybe the same age. Or but yeah, yeah. to have three under uh, twenty-three and, and yeah, only Kleine really have the experience at Premier League level that you'd um, you'd probably want from your back line uh, was a test for them, and they they came through it. So agreed. Yeah. The, only, the, only, the only the only slight annoyance last night was just oh, no, how, how how soft United's goal was, but pretty made up for it for the battling. I mean, I think the goal just comes from Czech Decore trying to manage Nathaniel Klein into a position where he thinks he should be in, but by which point they've already played the ball and, and they're into the penalty area and, and they put it away. But again, too simple a goal. We we are yeah. conceding some some rubber crack goals. I, I can't really remember the last goal that we conceded that I thought, oh yeah, that's a they've really cut through us there. I don't think one since Christmas, actually. Well, I mean, possibly, cut. if you're being generous, possibly Kane's second goal just because it's not many strikers take that first touch and hit it so quickly yeah, no, in our box. Fair play to the finish, but I think again we with that one, even that one, we we lose the ball yeah. in the stupid part of the pitch yeah. and they haven't really cut through us. So yeah, the finish some of some of the finishing's been very good. Um but in terms of where we're giving the ball up and the yeah. kind of holes that we've got in our midfield, it's yeah, it's not been great. But yeah, that's the only only disappointment last night was to go in one nil down at half time to such a soft, you know, silly goal that has come from us switching off. But yeah, apart from that, we've had a lot of fight and um, yeah, absolutely uh, the type of fight that we go to watch our team show every week. Good to end on a negative. Always good. No, I brought it back round. I brought it back round. I brought it back round. <laughs> well, really quickly, I mean, I know we've got literally no point really previewing Newcastle because um, the game's basically starting in five minutes, but um, <laughs> it's going to be a tough one. If they show that sort of level of fight, and, and battling that they did last night uh, with a little bit of quality that at least they you know did bring in. I think they'll push them all the way. I'm not expecting too much because the form they're in is uh, they are superb at the moment. But I don't think they're the perfect team, and I think there are ways to get at them. Um, but I'm I'm really more at the moment interested in Palace performances almost more than results at the moment. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think last night's point probably takes off a little bit of the pressure going into Saturday. Had we gone into that with a, another defeat. The, the feeling in amongst the ground would have, uh, yeah, probably not been particularly healthy. So, uh, you know, they are good. They are third in the league and they've 
taken a lot of points this season, but they have still got players in that team that you would think our players can compete against at least. Um, they're not stacked with absolute quality. And as you saw last night against United, even when a you know a team comes to Selhurst and they are stacked with Champions League winners and World Cup winners, you know, still not enough to really put Palace off. So I think if we fight and you know, the fans get behind the boys, there's there's points to be had there. So um yeah, I'm I'm confident. It's it's the annoying five thirty kickoff though, isn't it? So that's the only negative. <laughs> Terrible. The Premier League hates us, isn't it? I just... Slightly, slightly later in the day for um, for some overseas listeners. So maybe you know they get they might be able to have true. breakfast before the game. So we'll take that. That's true. That's true. And they deserve a break. Actually, we, we, we've we've been getting an easy run, haven't we? So I think they, yeah. they deserve yeah. a break. Um, speaking of break, let's end it there, Jack. Thank you very much. End for scene. Up. End scene. Thanks for the improv show. Yeah. I've done a bit of improv. Um, it's it's. I thought you it's, might have. It's difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Some people excel at it, and some do not. And this guy did not. <laughs> um, lovely to catch up with you. Ne- chat next week after Newcastle. If you're um, if you're willing to have me, maybe get another one on. So listeners not just bored of our two. We'll bosses. get a third. We'll get a third. We'll go back to we'll go back to normal normal. Uh, scheduling next week, I yeah. think maybe. Well, it's, this has uh, been a mad th- week. There's no, there's no midweek next week, is there? So I don't think so. Yeah. No, because it's international break next weekend. Is it? Yeah. Oh no, it's next FA Cup. Not till the... it's, FA, it's FA Cup, not international break. Oh, that's right, because I'm going to the San Siro. That's right. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear how that goes. Looking forward to it. Although AC Milan are in absolute freefall, so I'll be watching another home team. Shall we do a year? Do you know, I've heard apparently that a Serie A is back where it's at and it's the highest scoring league in Europe and it, it's gone back, back to sort of mid nineties. Yeah, but let's do a little Serie A pod if there's no Palace to talk about. <laughs> if you want. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get I'll get my pink newspaper, I'll get my ice cream yeah. and uh, I can be, I'll be AC Jimbo, you can be uh, Peter Brackley. <laughs> oh, mate, what a good one. May rest in peace. What a, what a champion. Uh, yeah, what a combo. Okay, sure. Sure, listeners are currently unsubscribing to the prospect of me talking about Italian football because I've gone to one game. But yeah, I actually can't wait. I actually am going to watch try and watch some games and then more. We'll, we'll, yeah, we're always looking. This is the thing when you run, you know, a media empire, you've always got to look for spin off ideas and stuff. So sure, let's give it a go. Sure, yeah, it works for football so, ramble. <laughs> Fair enough. And this certainly has been a football ramble. So <laughs> we'll end it there. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Good to chat to you, mate. Thanks to our listeners. Uh, for listening thanks to our patrons of course don't forget if you enjoyed those clips in the pod join our patron patron.com slash podcast to get more of that every game uh, and we'll see you again next week goodbye Podcast Network.